How is your prayer life? If you are like most of us, it has seasons and sometimes lacks consistency. Prayer, faith, and holiness are key to reaching your destiny. Join Prophet Nanaseyo Pukusakori as he encourages the body of Christ to get closer to God in prayer. One of the nature of Christ is love. There are two things on earth that is so practiced in heaven. The language in heaven is faith and the character is love. Because God called the things which be not as though they were. So God obeyed by faith. When Jesus cast the victory and the disciples say, Master, the victory you cast is with that way. He said, have faith in God. It means that the literal translation says, have the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith believes in what he said. In the book of Genesis, Genesis is the handiwork of God. Revelation and Ephesians talk about the predestiny or predictions of what is about to happen. Them that he predestined, he called. So God is an architect. The architect doesn't build, but he put the drawing on the paper for the builder to use the drawing to build. So God imagined how the world is going to be. And in Genesis, he started calling them. So you see two things there, and God said and God saw. And God said and God saw. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let the sea come, and the sea came. So in the faith operation, you must say it and believe that you will see it. Prophet Nanaseyo Pukuksakodye is an end-time seasoned firebrand prophet and an evangelist with a unique preaching ministry, anchored on prayer. He teaches and prophesies the word of God with signs and wonders. And now, Prophet Nanase Opokusakodie. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about that because one of the things you can backslide easily is fasting. The devil hates it. He doesn't like it. Anytime you are fasting, he will do everything to make sure that you stop the fast because it's the fastest way to tear his kingdom down. Amen. We are not the only people that fast. We are not the only people that fast. You know, other religions fast. But we are the only people who fast for spiritual reward. You didn't get what I said? Amen. So that's the difference between the fasting of the Christian and the fasting of somebody who doesn't believe in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I heard Peter of TDJ said something this morning. He said that uh, being disciplined does not give you the qualification to go to heaven. It's your faith in Jesus Christ and his death and triumphant resurrection that gives you the opportunity. So, we are not even children of God because we are disciplined. That's not what it is. You can have all the moral uh, strength and you don't kiss a woman, you don't hug anybody, you don't do that. Outside Christ, you are still on your way to hell. Mm-hmm. Outside Christ, you are on your way to hell. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That is why I say that being even a virgin does not qualify you to go to heaven. You have to be in it in Christ. Amen. Are you getting it? Circumstance and restriction can make you a virgin. Not because you are holy. Because opportunity hasn't come. Can I talk to you a little bit about fasting? Because of the way you are backsliding. Let me tell you. I told you that fasting is one of the things you have backslide from them. Now listen. You can do a 40 days and 40 night fasting and backslide. And come to the place that three days fasting becomes difficult. So the first thing about fasting is that if you really want to fast, you need a determination. You must be determined. Number two, if you are not disciplined, you can't lead a fasting life. If you are not disciplined, you can't live a fasting life. So you have to be determined and you must be disciplined. Hallelujah. What fights you first, first and foremost in a fasting is not even the devil. When you begin to fast, the first battle you fight is the flesh. Somebody say the flesh. In fact, this guy flesh eh, he is even more dangerous than the devil. 
It is this flesh that I give the devil access into your life. The devil is powerless when he has not gained access to your flesh. So the three enemies we fight, the flesh, the devil, and the world. One of the most difficult ones is the flesh. Hallelujah. Now, I told you that it is the only thing that Jesus didn't even give us any antidote. He overcame the devil. You remember? Huh? I gave you authority over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall by enemy set you. Are you with me? No, I can't hear you. I said, are you with me? Okay, so Jesus overcame the devil. What about the word? He said, in the word you have tribulation, but for what? So the two enemies have been overcome. The devil has been taken care of. The word has been taken care of. But this one, Jesus didn't take care of it. So Apostle Paul came back and wrote and said that, well, when it comes to the flesh, I keep under my body and do what? And bring it under what? Somebody says subjection. He brings it. No, not that somebody bring it. For, he, he practically chooses to bring his body under subjection. You can't enjoy the sweet until you go through the sweat. I'll go here and say maybe some people here. Will, are you getting it? Huh? Without the sweat, you will never enjoy the sweet. It is the sweat that leads you to the sweet. Fasting is part of the sweat. Nobody rejoices in fasting. Let me tell you something. But look at me. Fasting is like cold weather. You can't get used to it. Nobody can say after me, I'm used to snow. You have never tried one. You have never been to one. So you don't even know what I'm talking about. No. That is why you can go to America. Those of them who have lived for 70 years, they still wear winter jackets during snow. Because if you try it, it will deal with you. Cold weather is more dangerous than very hot sun. So fasting is like cold weather. You can't get used to it. There is no way somebody comes and says for me, I am, I, am, I am used to fasting. No. The only time you enjoy fasting is when we are breaking it. I am a veteran in this, so I know what I'm talking about. If you are not clapping for Jesus, you are a suspect. I said the only time you enjoy fasting is when we are doing what? No, but in the course, no. Sometimes you will enjoy it when the supernatural visitation comes. And even that one, they don't come until a certain length. A three days fasting in reward from God is not the same as a seven days fasting. It means that when you fast three days and somebody fast seven days and somebody fast 14 days, your rewards are not the same. That is why at the point we go the length of 40 days. We go there. Because I know the impact of what the 40 days fasting can do. It is a standard in the Bible that qualifies you to come to the mountain of transfiguration. Elijah, 40 days and 40 nights. Moses, 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights. And they met on the mountain of transfiguration. So to meet in the mountain, so to be transfigured, you must have tasted that length of fasting. Are you alive? I'm not surprised you are not saying amen because I'm talking about fasting. Your body is already reacting. Mm -hmm. Some of you have already made your mind. Now 40 days in the end, I'm going to three days okay just stay there hallelujah and talk about most of the fasting that we do here we don't just say it because we want you to fast or anything we don't just say from nowhere we are led by the spirit it is called corporate fasting we are led give me Luke chapter 4 verse 1 everybody say led everybody say led so the Holy Ghost moves us as the captain of this aircraft God gave me, I, I hear direct from the traffic control. 
And what I hear is what I directed you to follow. So ignoring the fasting means ignoring the voice of God. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was what? Talk to me. He was what? So Jesus fasting, he didn't wake up and say, I just want to go and fast. He was led by the Spirit. When you are led by the Spirit and you refuse to be led, you will never have peace. The most difficult thing is when the Holy Ghost wants you to do something you are refusing to do. He takes every comfort around you until you obey. If it's in the Old Testament, he can put you in the belly of a fish. And you don't come out from the belly of the fish and think that you'll go free. You'll come back and still go and do what you want you to do. So if you don't take God soft, you take him hard. Now, no matter, I want to give you another point. Hallelujah. So tell somebody, we are led to fast. We are led. We are led. We are led to fast. We are led. I'm going to give you some benefit of fasting right now. I'll give you as many as you can. But I just want to lay the foundation. We are led to fast. We are led. So this fasting we are doing, you have to be part of it because you are part of the family. And because you are part of the family, you can't stay out from the family principle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be part of it. You have to be part of it. Deciding not to do it means that you are living in a family and try not to line up and obey the voice of the Father God has given to you. When I bring you to the benefit of fasting, you realize that you do it for your own good. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Tell somebody he was led. No, no, talk to me. Say he was led. So these 40 days we are led. Moses went to the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and by God's own ordination, you must not eat in my presence while you are receiving the, the Ten Commandments. So Moses was, was on the mountain with God for 40 days and 40 nights. Elijah ate angelic food and went in the strength of it for 40 days and 40 nights. He was led. In fact, can I tell you this? The first scripture Jesus quoted on earth is that man shall not live by bread alone. When Jesus came on earth, the first scripture he quoted after temptation is that man shall not live by bread alone. Man, he quoted it from Deuteronomy chapter. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. Tell somebody, man shall not live by bread alone. So it means that living by bread all the year is a danger to your existence. God expects that at a certain point in your life, your digestive system go on break. Particularly those of you who do seven days dry, 14 days dry, 31 days dry, and those who try 40 days dry. What a blessing. There is something about fasting. If you do it, the encounters God will let you experience. Next time when you have the opportunity, you won't run away from it. God believes in fasting. It pleases God a lot. One of the reasons God loves fasting is that, number one, you willingly decide not to eat. He never forces you. That is why worship touches him because you have other things to worship, but you decide to worship him. And you, 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 it's not that he manipulated you. You willingly decided to kneel down and cry. You willingly decided to lie down and lift up your hands. And the fact that your will is in place of that means a lot to him. 
So once you decide to fast, and especially when God came to your kitchen and saw the light soup in the deep freezer, and saw the ponche cracker in the fridge, and saw all the banana, and saw the plantain, and God sees all these things around, and, and God knows that you have every right to eat the corner beef. In fact, one of the things God knows you can eat is when you crack the egg, cut off the onions and the tomatoes, and mix it with corner beef. With your bread, toasted one waiting there. And God said, you have all these things here, but you decide not to willingly eat, but, but put your stomach down for me. There is a major reward for it. In fact, I want to show you something. From Genesis to Revelation, every fasting prayer, God answered it. No matter how difficult the situation is, he answered it. He answered it. Every fasting request, God answered it. Every one of them. Every fasting request in the Bible was answered by God. Everyone. In fact, the wicked, wordly, lustful, sinful nation Nineveh. And the Bible says in 40 days that country will be thrown down. The judgment of God is coming. And all these kings that are doing party and drinking whiskey with women and with uh, 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 prostitutes and gays and homosexuals enter into three days fasting. Now, it was one of the greatest revival in the Bible. The reason is because that fasting, even cat and dog are not permitted to eat. The king's decree was that if you see your cat chewing fish, he will make your life like the cat. People lock their cat in a room. In fact, they are good accidentally so that they won't go and chew grass. Because he said, if he sees your beast eating, he will kill you in place of the beast. And the Bible says, three days of fasting and God's judgment was turned and mercy stepped into the place. It was a shocking matter. Fasting. Hallelujah. Fasting cancels and averted the judgment of God and put you in a platform, in a place where you attract his mercy. Am I talking to somebody here today? Now, number two, let me tell you something. Look at, look at the death sentence on the whole nation. One man has paid money into the king's treasure that all the Jews should be annihilated and killed. And Esther reversed that thing by three days fasting. Three days fasting. Then the trap that Haman set for them, he was buried in the same trap. So it is only fasting that made people bury in the grave they dig for you. You didn't hear what I said? It's only in fasting that people get buried. The trap they set for you. So fasting is what enforces what the Nigerians call back to sender. That fasting. If I let me tell you something, Jesus said this kind does not go except by fasting and prayer. Some things can never be moved without fasting. Forget it. There are some challenges you are going through without fasting. You can't move it. No, you can't move it. Hallelujah. You can't move it. There are some things you are going through without fasting. It can never turn. The kind of principalities and powers and the wicked spirit that are fighting it. Ha! Yesterday I was studying. The Lord showed me something. And it was very interesting. You see, we all have preached. Do you know why Joseph's brothers sold him? It is one of the brothers hated him. The spirit of jealousy or the demon of jealousy entered them. And the demon of jealousy influenced them to sell their brother. 
so that they can stop their brother from fulfilling his dream. So you see, most of the attack on your life, even from your relative that don't like you, Satan is behind it. It is the ministry of fasting that stops those things. Some of you, without fasting, no, you can never marry the right man. You can't. It's only fasting that will let you escape that trap in your family. It is an altar in your family that pushes every woman to marry the wrong man. It is fasting that will break that one. Fasting. Somebody hear what I'm preaching now. Somebody say fasting. It's fasting. Esther wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been. You are not a citizen of a country and you are the queen mother. And the favor you got is slipping. The favor God restored by fasting. Somebody say fasting. fasting. Without fasting, you can't do it. It cannot work. No. There are some things can never be moved. Jesus said, this kind does not go out except by fasting and prayer. Let me, let, me, let me give you this benefit clear, quickly, and then get out of your way that when you begin to fast, what are some of the benefits that you get when you are fasting? Hallelujah. Are you alive at all? Huh? Huh? Because one of the things, you have to understand that. Remember I said that. Apostle Paul said, I keep under my body and bring it under subjection. Do you know what Paul said about fasting? He said, I fast often. That means fasting became a lifestyle. He was just fasting often. He doesn't need anybody to declare fasting. It, it became his lifestyle. It became his nature. Often Paul was in fasting. In fact, some people call living a fasting life. Fasting nature. Some people, every week, they'll spend two days or three days in fasting. Some people, the day they are born, they will never eat. They will fast. One of the strengths of the Pentecost church is that the church of Pentecost is that every Friday there was a general fasting for the church of Pentecost. The charismatic love eating. There's nothing wrong in eating, but eating a whole year can be very dangerous. The first thing you have to write down is this one. Write it down. Fasting led us into the spirit. What does fasting do? Fasting leads us into what? Fasting leads us into where? So when you are fasting, you are quickly led by the Spirit of God. One of, that's one of the benefits to enjoy about fasting. It's led us into where? The Spirit. It is that without fasting, you lead a carnal life. You lead a carnal life. Nobody wants to fast, and after five days of fasting, you want to kiss a woman. In fact, your wife will be lying by your side. You will even have any affection towards her because you are led into the Spirit. It lets us into the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life. Is somebody hearing me? So fasting calls you to be led by the spirit. And as many as are led by the spirit, they are called what? I didn't hear they are called what? So if they are not led by the spirit, they are called what? Everybody choose your answer. As many as are led. The major, the major problem we are facing in our generation is it's inability to let, be led by the spirit. You, are you led by the spirit to choose a partner? Are you led by the spirit to choose a business partner? Are you led by the spirit to decide the next decision you are going That decision, that major company you are going to start, are you led by the spirit? The greatest person I fear around me is the one who wants me to walk in the flesh. Number two, our feeling change into spiritual environment. Fasting helps our feeling change into spiritual what environment. So naturally, if you are in the center of carnal people, fasting will turn the whole atmosphere to be a spiritual environment. 
It means that you begin to see everything spiritually. Fasting, I'm giving you the benefit of fasting. It changes your atmosphere to be a spiritual environment. Wherever you walk, you become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You don't just judge things carnally. You are trying to pick what the Spirit is saying. And fasting causes you to line up with the Holy Ghost. Our feeling changes to our spiritual what? Environment. Fasting gives you one greater patience. Only one person say amen. Only one person say amen. A major fasting, like what you are going through, 40 days, always gives one greater patience. Somebody say patience. So, there are some things in my life, God is shaping it by fasting. So, a major fasting, like 40 days you are going to do, give someone, at the end of it, it will give you greater patience. Because sometimes when you are in hurry, you will die in worries. There's no shortcut with God. Fasting leads you that it gives you greater patience because you are not led by your carnal nature. You get patient with people, you get patient with your spouse, you get patient with people around you. Fasting naturally leads you to that, and this one I can talk by experience. It helps you to accommodate people, it helps you to live with cantankerous people. You have patience. Which means that all our impatience is carnality and flesh. And once we get into the spirit, we naturally step into a life of patience. I'm preaching to somebody here that will understand me. Write this one that fasting takes one into the unseen spiritual realm. Sometimes visions and dreams. Fasting takes one to what? The unseen spiritual realm. Sometimes it takes you into the realms of vision. So, some of you can never experience vision unless you are in fasting. It changes your dream. Fasting changes crocodile chasing dream to angelic visitation dreams. Fasting will end that one in your life. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? Hmm. And this is what I, le- I love about fasting. <laughs> it brings spiritual awakening. Fasting. It awakens you spiritually. Jesus Christ. That is why they believe that. Eh? One of my mentors book, Dr. Tena, said that you can deal with every addiction with a three days dry fasting. Every addiction. Sexual addiction, smoke addiction, gluttony, overeating, and all that. If you are able to go through three days fasting with only water or dry, at the end, you will not get appetite for it again. Pornography, everything. Addiction, three days dry. By the time you enter three days dry fasting, that demon will leave you. Every addiction can be knocked off by three days fasting. Look at what the scientists are saying now. Look, the man who discovered the cure to cancer now is talking about the fact that as you begin to fast, you killed all the dead cells inside your life. So they are going to say that the cure for cancer is fasting. Because I know that. I, I'm not surprised about that. I read a lot of books about fasting. I know that most of the sickness we have come by the food we ate. So anytime you are sick and you are eating, you are feeding your sickness. That is why anytime you get sick, you go to hospital. Sometimes they give you drip and they stop you from eating. And sometimes God himself takes your appetite so that he can deal with the wanted things in your body. Because most of your sickness came by food. And so when you are 
sick and you are still eating fufu, you are feeding the sickness. Oh, no, who did Who told you that? That is why some of you, when you are sick, when you are even fasting, and then you start vomiting, then you think that hey, I said we go breaking fasting. And when you start feeling feverish, it's food parasitamon. No, before we go, I'm going to teach you about probably next week. I'm going to show you about well, the challenges with fasting. When you are fasting, because it's a spiritual system, the enemy will contend with it. And so that you bring things to your, to, you bring things in your way that will let you feel like breaking the fast. Everything you get, every attack like vomiting, like feverishness, like sweat, like nausea, like you are d- feeling dizzy. All of them is an attack of the enemy to try to let you stop the fast. Get it at your mind that those things are temporary. If you stand after three days, they will leave you. It is called difficulties in fasting. It is just a sign of the wanted things inside you coming out. All the toxins in your system were coming out. The more you feel dizzy, it shows the more toxins in your system. Just drink warm water and you flush it. The, the feverishness is, is temporary. The vomiting is temporary. The vomiting does no ego and get light soup. Write this one down. Fasting pleases the Lord. <laughs> what did I say? Fasting does what? Pleases the Lord. Very powerful. Fasting pleases the Lord. So this 40 days fasting, if you engage in it, God will be pleased. And God will be happy. Fasting produces faith that leads to spiritual power. Hmm? Fasting produces what? Faith that leads to what? Spiritual what? Power. Look, Matthew chapter 17 and from verse number 20. Let me read from verse number 15. Matthew. And Jesus, Lord, have mercy on my son for his lunatic and so vexed. For oftentimes he fall into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Wow. Nine disciples couldn't cast a demon. And Jesus answered and said, oh, talk to me. Oh, what? What is the first reason why they couldn't cast the demon out? They were what? Talk to me. They were what? Can you say very loud? They were what? Anytime you don't fast, you become faithless. I'm going to prove it to you. They were faithless. Now, let's finish reading and then we'll come back to that. Faithless and perverse generation. NIV version of this one. Let's find another word for the word perverse. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. Message Bible. Please. Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God. No focus to your life. How many times do I have to go over these things? Amplify version. Amplify version. And Jesus answered, oh, unbelieving. Wapped, wayward, rebellious. Look at someone say it's dangerous not to fast. Tell the person it's dangerous. No, it's dangerous. Mamu pedianis and a dangerous. Who swan up and they see a fasting pair? A dream upon a banana. Fasting, no. Something is wrong with you. No, something is wrong with you. Hallelujah. Come back to King James. Let's let's watch this one. 
Huh? Are you in King James, sir? Huh? And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to that to me. Huh? And Jesus rebuked the, You see, the way Jesus, look at the word, the Bible says, Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. Give me the NIV version. Look at the way the NIV put it. Interesting. Interesting. Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of the boy and was healed from that moment. Back to King James. That what? No recovery word. And Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Now watch this. And, and the disciples came to Jesus apart. Privately, Nicodemusly. And said, why couldn't we cast him out? They were concerned. The problem with you is that you have never found out why you couldn't do some things. If I come to church and I'm casting a demon... And the demon begin to challenge me. And the demon begin to laugh. And at the end of that, I'm not successful. I go back to ask God why. Why couldn't we cast him out? Watch this. And Jesus said unto them, because of your what? So what is the first reason why you are not able to break through the place God has ordained for you to be? Because of your unbelief. Especially those of you who have put your breakthrough in the hands of prophets. Another servant of God. What is the guarantee that that man is praying for you? I saw some people bought milo and milk and sardine. And they said they are going to give it to some young prophets to fast and pray for them. Okay. If you send me to fast and you bring me milo and sardine and milk. <laughs> Watch this. Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain. So how do I develop the faith as the grain of mustard seed? How do I develop the faith that said that and that talk to mountains to move from Afedodo to come to the sea, Mount Everest to come to the sea, Kilimanjaro to come to the sea? It does not mean it's just a kind of what I call metamorphosis and anthropological language. It doesn't mean go and talk to mountains Afedodo to come to the sea. The way you are not married and you are supposed to marry is a mountain. Oh, come on here. The way you are supposed to have a child and the devil is fighting your child is what? The way your business and your finances is going is what? Jesus said that if you have faith, that thing that looks like a mountain, you can move it. It means that every mountain is movable. The mountain of delays in marriage, the mountain of delays in childbirth, the mountain of financial crisis, the mountain of confusion and misunderstanding, the mountain of any demon that doesn't want you to progress. Jesus said you can move it. But the mountain, before they move, they will check the level of your faith. They will check it. They will check whether you have faith. And because of your own belief, I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove them to the yonder place. And it shall be moved. And nothing shall be what? What is the faith that make nothing become impossible? It means we can come to a realm where nothing is impossible. Nothing. How many things are impossible? Nothing means what? It means that nothing can stand in authority of your faith. It's a realm. It's a realm. I said it's what? It's a realm. But how do I go to this realm? Next verse, watch it. How bit you can't get to this realm, this realm, and this demon of unbelief, they don't go except by what? So, to move unbelief and to get to the realm of all possibilities, it cannot be a life of fasting. 
Now, listen. Hmm. If somebody said, this can has not go, except by fasting and prayer, we must go and check whether he has fasted. Yeah. What is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Philip, come. Elijah, ten. Three of you, come. Eleven. Twelve. I don't want to give them names because I don't want to name anybody Judas Iscariot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Bejra. The way you are too honor. You are trying to pick a name. I didn't say anything. Watch this. Your mind is some way you. Jesus out of this one. Remember this guy said. This is where I want to warn you. That a lot of you want to use an old anointing for a new breakthrough. Watch this. These guys, 12 apostles. They've been sent before. When they were sent, they sent them to two. This is the way Jesus sent them. He said, don't go. Two, two. And they went. And the Bible said, mm, they returned with joy. Give me Luke chapter 10. Give me Luke chapter 10. Let me read from verse number 17. And the 17 returned again with joy, saying that, Lord, even the demons, give me the New King James Version. I don't want to use the word devil. It's a wrong translation. Devil is a title for one person. And he says, even the demons are subject to us in what? Your name. You remember when he told them that go into the word and said that, preach the gospel freely you have received. He said, heal the sick, cast out demons. When they came back, they said, master, we were not expecting that by its work. You're bold here. I said, demons, number two, two. They, they came and they were rejoicing. Look at what Jesus told. Jesus even warned them that they should really rejoice about that one. Huh? Huh? And he said unto them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Huh? I give you, behold, I give you authority to turn upon serpent and scorpion, emblems of the devil and over all the powers of the enemy. You see, look at the emblem Jesus used about the devil. Scorpion and serpent. These are dangerous poisonous animals. If you don't fast, Satan is very poisonous. How do I know that? The girl you slept with who was not your wife. Let me change it again. The guy that slept with you was not your husband. The serpentine poison that you put in your system. Only fasting can neutralize it and get it out of your system. Serpent and scorpion. Listen. I told you that the vaccine is in the venom. Do you know that when the snake bites you, the vaccines they use, they use the same snake poison to produce the venom. So I was in a hospital, a steady hospital in California. And I went there and under the hospital, I saw monkeys and pythons and different snakes. And I saw that they extracted their poison and used it to produce the venom. Are you with me? Huh? Jesus said they are serpent and they are scorpion. Over all the powers of nothing shall by enemies at you. But look at verse 20. He said that, nevertheless, don't rejoice because, don't, don't rejoice in this that the spirit are subject to you. Don't rejoice. So if you, when you cast out the demon, you rejoice. Say, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now watch this. This guy went to, to and came back and said that the demons are subject to us. 
Now, and so when they met another demon, now out of this particular guy, Jesus took three away. Peter, James, and John, and left nine. So he went to the mountain with three apostles. Even them, they went to sleep. So when they were down, they would never have added anything. Are we together? These three guys went up to go and sleep. Peter slept. John said, as for Peter, when he woke up, I don't know which one is Peter, but you can choose which one. Peter woke up and said, Master, when you saw Moses, Elijah, and, and, and Jesus, he said, let us build three tabernacles. You see, when you wake up from sleep and you don't take care, you start speaking nonsense. The Bible said he didn't even know what he was talking about. Now, he left nine. It means that these people that has gone before and demons were subject to them, now met a demon. That this particular demon doesn't respond to people who are always eating. It doesn't respond. That is why Apostle Paul gives us a hierarchy. Principality, powers, rulers of darkness. And he said there's a group called wicked spirits in high places. Nine disciples. I can see them going intense. Who else will make a young Gabbard Bartholomew? In the name of Jesus. The more they say they come out, the more the demons grow strong. Nine corporate anointing couldn't deal with the demon. After that, Thomas. Hey. <laughs> Tommy came and said, hey. This thing is not by macho. No. It's not by a nice suit. When you stand in front of the devil, he knows what to carry. He questioned the sons of Skiba. Jesus, I know, Paul, I know. Who are you? You are not in our book that you are one of the people we fear. The Bible said the demon jump on them and make them naked. Yes, read your Bible, Acts of the Apostle. They run out naked. A demon can naked you. The demon overpowered them and ran them naked. That is what the Bible said. The sons of Skiba, it will be the last time they try to cast out a demon. The, the demon questioned them. Now watch this. So Jesus Christ came and said that this kind does not go out. It means that the man that is saying that, he has done 40 days and 40 nights. Interestingly, these disciples were eating so much that the Pharisees were concerned. The Porterians are eating so much that I'm becoming a concern for me now. As for food, eh? if you don't control food, if, if you don't control your appetite, you can't control your destiny. No. A man that cannot stand the, the, the temptation of appetite cannot stand the temptation of sex. In the Garden of Eden, Satan didn't bring a woman, he brought food. What brought sin into the world is apple. What about Chibom? <laughs> if apple can flop a man, what about Domido with Chibom in a bread? You are finished. Any Christian in our generation who is not a fasting Christian has no future. It's just a matter of time. Whatever you are doing to cram down, bam. In fact, the peace of God I'm preaching, it is difficult to operate it outside fasting. 
There must be periodic fasting. Renewal of the covenant. Renewal of the covenant. Renewal of the covenant of the peace of God. It knocks away carnality. It takes you out of the natural. It puts you into the supernatural. A fasting Christian may go through trial, but you see it in his face. Until the thing turns around again. Because every trial of the enemy is temporary. Yeah? Let me tell you, anytime the devil knock at your door, it is what is inside you that must respond. If there's nothing inside, it don't work. Nine disciples. Look at all their nice suits. They couldn't cast him out. Jesus said, this kind does not go out. This kind. That is why even for the arrival of the, for the permanent arrival of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, they were with one accord in one place. It's a kind of waiting. The Bible never said they were eating. The Holy Ghost will not fall on people who have eaten pork and kebab. It will undermine the presence of the Spirit. The people have fasted in one accord in one place. When the Holy Ghost came, it came like a cloven tongues of fire and sat on them. And immediately they were baptized. And nobody finished eating bangu and tilapia and speaking tongues. Have you noticed that there are some food? When you finish eating them, you naturally become lazy. Naturally. You naturally become lazy. Satan has put you in a state of laziness. By Benko and Telapia. Fasting makes the word of God has access into your heart. Matthew chapter 30. Let me see what the word of God does to all of us here. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside. Watch this. Huh? I'm reading a very long scripture. A great multitude gathered together unto him so that he went into the ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore without microphone. So he, he, they have to hear him by the carry of the waves because over 20,000 people without microphone. Then when you speak, the wave must carry the sound. And he spoke many things to them in parables saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them. So do you understand? Somebody has a big farm, but in a farm, if I've ever lived in a farm before, sometimes other people pass through your farm to go to their farm. So they naturally make a human path over there. So they walk on that place to go to their farm because yours is in Prot 13, their farm is in Prot 14, and they walk there. Now, so within the same farm, there is a wayside. And when they were planted, these people plant things like rice, and they're right, they don't give, they throw them. So when they throw the seed, according to them, some fell by the wayside. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And the fourth with they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. Now, what do we mean by that? There were rocks also on the farm. Naturally, nobody put them there. Just rocks. It's called abotai rocks. And some of them, they have some amount of sand on them. But when the roots start going, they can't get deep. When the roots start going deep, they will hit. So when they throw the seed, some fell by the wayside. And some also fell by the rocks. Let's keep on going. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. That, does it look very logic? The sun came up. They didn't mind the rain. But every crop needed a little sun and a little rain to just survive. And when the sun came up, the Bible said they didn't have root, root, root. So you can never bear fruit upwards unless you take root downwards. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. They, they have earth, all right. They have everything. But while they were growing, because it was thorns, one of the thorns pierced 
naturally into the maze and then because of that destroy some things so they couldn't even bear fruit they look very funny and very ugly because the tongues destroyed them watch this but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit other fell into good ground so this is a path all this territory here nobody walks there so the ones that were thrown there the bible say they sprang forth and Jesus called that place good ground. All this place, nobody walked there. Good ground. The other place is a path. The other place, good ground. What happened to the, the one that fell in good ground? Huh? Huh? But fell onto a good ground and brought forth fruit. And some of them were hundredfold. Some of them were sixtyfold. And some of them were thirtyfold. But most important, all of them brought forth fruit. Now, listen, it's a parable. It means that it's a message, but it's coded. So to understand it, it must be decoded. It's a heavenly language, but it has earthly meaning. So Jesus Christ spoke about something because this is the man coming from heaven. Now, nobody spoke a parable except him. For the first time we heard the word parable, it was spoken the one that is coming from heaven. He said, where I come from, that is where I'm going. Nobody can tell you heaven is except the one that came from heaven. So if the man is telling us a parable, it means that it's a heavenly language. This is the way heaven sees things. Everything from heaven is coded. That is why one of the powerful blessings you can get as a child of God is to work in revelation. Revelation means that the thing has no access to the natural mind. But God opened it up. Other people call it Rema. Out of the latter, God decoded and opened something for you to see. Remember, it's a parable. Go down. Now, let's see what he said. Even the disciples, huh? go there. Who have years to hear, let him hear. Have you seen the way he has ended his message? It means that if you really want to understand this one, you need a revelation. Who doesn't have years? Even the deaf people, he has ill there. So everybody must have years. But you must hear this message huh? and hear the spirit behind Jesus' voice. That's what you must hear. If you don't hear that one, you have a problem. Let's keep going, sir. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why are you speaking to them in parables? And then he answered and said to them, This is the reason why I do. Because it is given to you, Porterians, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it is not given. It is given to you, it's a benefit, to know the mystery. So the kingdom comes with mystery. Mystery is something that is not open to everybody. For whosoever have to him, it shall be given. And he shall have more abundantly. But whosoever have not, from him he shall be taken away even the one he has. Keep going. Therefore speak unto them in parable. Because they see, see not. <laughs> and they hearing, hear not. Neither do they understand. Give me the NIV version from this one. They will understand it more. Not everybody understands the King James English. This is why I speak to them in parable. Though seeing, they do not see. I would rather put it this way. They are looking, but they can't see anything. Hello? This might be the reason why your Christianity is a struggle. You come to church, you dress very nice, you sit down, you hear me preach, but you don't hear anything in your spirit. When the devil managed to block access to your revelation, he has blocked your glorious future. That is why some people can be in church. We will preach everything about the fruit of the fruit of the spirit, walking in love, but they will never change. They will still yak out with people. They will still fight. They will still create confusion. They will not live in the peace of God. They will walk in human flesh, 
trying to please man instead of pleasing God. Nobody can please man and please God at the same time. Yes, sir. Can never be possible. And if you are ready to please God, you must be ready to offend men. Because anytime you are pleasing God, you will do what men will not like. Watch this. Keep on going. This is why I speak to them in parables. Okay, back to King James. Thank you. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, by hearing he shall hear and shall not understand, and by seeing he shall see and shall not perceive. So it's even a prophetic way. He has quoted from Isaiah. For this people's heart is wax gross. Their ears are door of hearing. Their eyes, huh? and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and and should be converted, and I should heal them. Powerful. Wait. Give me the NIV version of this one. Let's read that again. It's powerful. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Not this particular eye, another eye. Jesus is talking about spiritual eye, because all of them are watching Jesus. But they can't see with their spiritual eye. They can't hear with their spiritual ear. That is why you keep making mistakes. Our greatest responsibility as a children of God is to obey the voice of the Spirit. And the greatest, the only person we have to please in our life is the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Huh? And they have closed their ears. Otherwise, they might see with their ears, hear with their eyes, understand with their heart, and turn, and I will heal them. Come back to King James. Watch this. I pray that God will deliver you. But blessed are your eyes, for they see. It's talking about you. And for your ears, for they hear. It's talking about those of you who have determined to grow in the things of God. God bless you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, contact World Prayer Center, PO Box GP21421, Accra, or telephone plus 233-303-413-703 or plus 233-303-413-705. Email us on info at wpcministries.org or visit our website at www.wpcministries.org.